Earthlings, Earthlings. Welcome to another episode of PGTV. As always, my name is JP. That's J to the P. And joined by my side. By Janet one, to the P. Yeah, Janet to the P. Joined. Uh, <laughs> you threw me it's off. It's Sandra. Yeah, it's Sandra. Hey, what's up, Sandra? How you doing? Um, The ceiling. Is up. Oh my god, it's gonna be one of those days. Didn't I do that joke like a few episodes ago? Oh, are you like... calling me a joke thief? No, I just feel like I've done that. <laughs> no, because that's done me. It... That is me 100%. <laughs> no, I just do that joke so often, I'm surprised I don't do it in like every interaction. Hey, but you know, we can't do everything all the time, but one thing that we can do is tell the folks at home what we're gonna be talking about today. So, you didn't um, even introduce DJ. Well, he introduced himself, he was like, hey, I didn't, uh, I just spoke. Oh, well... Uh, I'm DJ Squared, I guess. I, I don't guess, know. Whatever. And uh, we're, we, you know, we're just happy for you guys to be here. We, we, we just we, we, we love all of our fans, and we have so many. All five of you. So <laughs> many. All five of you, and most it's of them are us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're having a good time, and we hope that whoever is actually listening out there is uh, enjoying the ride that we're, uh, we're taking you on. So this week, we're actually breaking from our uh, bit that we've been doing where we uh, allude to going on to like a topic and then we just never do for some reason or another but today we uh last week actually we talked about our favorite movies toward the end of the uh the episode and we were like you know what next week let's just go ahead and hit them with a top five so that is what we're doing today we're going to break down each of our top five movies so it's top 15 total we don't have any here that uh overlap each other so it's 15 individual movies and, you know, we can't wait to talk to you guys about them, nerd out a little bit, and hopefully you guys enjoy that. But before we get started there, um, I wanted to say a quick thank you to Carl Casey at White Bat Audio for that amazing intro song. And uh, let's do this weekly check-in, guys. So what what what, have, what has been going on this week? DJ, What? how, how are you? My dryer broke. That's awesome. Oh, no. Man. <laughs> like, Hold I, on. I... Leave the producing to me. <laughs> no, like I had to go over to my uh, my sister's fiance's house to do laundry, and it's really awkward because I don't think I've ever talked to him, like the two of us by ourselves, and so that's like a really weird interaction. I realized how like different we are because he's all like country trucks and paving and all that stuff, and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> country. Trucks paving because that's what he does. I feel like that is that the name of his uh company that he works for, Country Trucks Paving. No, but I wish <laughs> where, where we put the metal to the pedal. That's actually the title of my country band, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, yeah. So I had to do laundry over there, and it's really weird because I'm having to like self not censor but like self control myself because I'm kind of a loud person naturally. And apparently I can't be loud over there because people get really mad. Yeah, I wonder what it's like to self-control other people. I think that's not called self-control. I think it's just control. Yeah. But, Xandra, what about you? How How's your week? Um, It's been another rough one for the books. Oh, man, there's some rough books. The yep. pages are all messed up. They're folded. They're like runny and full of alcohol. Woof. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a coffee stain. Yeah. It's like a... Ugh. Spilled beer. Yeah, <laughs> we we are having a blast this week. Apparently, it's just it's just a great 
great time. Well, do you have anything to lighten the mood? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a weird one. But, you know, that's what I look forward to every single Thursday when we come into the studio and record because we get to, you know, kind of talk to each other and we don't see each other as much as we used to uh, here uh, just just a few, uh, few bits ago. But, um, you know, it's nice to be able to come in here and record with you guys, kind of, you know, catch up and, and meet up and everything. So Because we do not see each other in between recordings at all. No, I mean, we, we see each other maybe, what, like an hour, two hours at this point. We don't really have too much overlap. So Well, that's because, like, you just show up at my house uninvited for no reason. Look, man, uh, the only invitation that you needed to give me was the one when you told me your address, so... I'm not a dress. Are you I'm DJ. Outside his house with a boombox in the rain. Uh, yes, Aww. exclusively. I John Cusack the shit out of this man. That's yeah, so instead cute. of like standing someone, I I Cusack him. See, I actually <laughs> don't get the original reference. I know that's from somewhere, but I know regular I show Breakfast Club. Right? No, it wasn't no, it's Breakfast, from the Club. Breakfast Club. Oh, um, Sistine Candles. God. Si- not Sistine. Sixteen <laughs> Candles. Is it Sixteen Candles? I think it. I think it's Sixteen Candles. It's John Cusack. It's that John Hughes movie with John Cusack, and or is that John Cusack? No, I. Man, do you did you pull it up? No, oh, Sixteen Candles. I, you just with John Cryer. John Cryer, the guy from Will and Grace. <laughs> the guy from <laughs> Two and a Half Men. Oh, that one. <laughs> Wait, the guy from Two and a Half Men? <laughs> no, that's the guy from Punked. Oh my god. Charlie <laughs> Sheen. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher was in Two and a Half Men. Yes, at the end. Like in yeah. the worst seasons. I I didn't care about that. Wait, show wasn't Charlie me. Sheen also in? No, Charlie Sheen was in Two. He was in Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Yes. It was him. I was, and ask, the guy. I was gonna ask if he was in Sixteen Candles, but I was thinking of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was in Ferris Bueller. Yeah, he's like a drug addict in the what? Um, Real life? No. Well, yes, but like <laughs> he's, he's like a, a drug addict. Called Charlie Sheen. Hold on. Hold on. He's a drugged out, like, arrested kid, and Ferris's sister is, like, there, and they, like, make out or whatever. Yes, okay, so, excuse my not understanding. So, we've got uh, all these movies that we're talking about. Let's just dive right into this top five, because we are going to, I know that we love these movies. We are going to run out of time. So, a few back, a few, like, not rules, but I guess how we're going to do it. We're just going to start, like, if you have, like, made it a hierarchy, start backwards from forwards. And, uh, yeah, we'll go one at a time. So uh, I'll go first because you actually mentioned one of my uh, favorite movies because uh, I forgot about it, to be honest. And is it a favorite movie if you forget about it? Yeah. I mean, yes. at this point, I'm looking on here. I was asking you this question. I'm like, wait, it's it's listed on here? How does he not know? But, uh, no, uh, Breakfast Club is kind of my, like, if I had to put it, it'd be, like, my fifth, fourth favorite movie. It's just a it's a good time, and I think it's like it's something that transcends like generations, and like even though it was made in what the eighties, it still like has a message that's yeah. like really impactful to like any age group. Granted, it's like not for every age group. Yeah, like that scene <laughs> at the end with the guy doing the thing. Yeah, I t- you guys totally understand. Um, is iconic, and yeah, I really do enjoy the Breakfast Club. It's like it's something about like it's just a retrospective on like the interactions between like 
teenagers and like the effects of like posses and groups and what that does to your reputation and the perception you have of others and it really just kind of breaks those down and shows like everyone struggles with the same things yeah no matter like what their path is and so even like people from like two different lifestyles can come together and be friends and like share a share a moment in time so I really yeah. do enjoy it. No, the Breakfast Club is really cool because um, I've, I will admit I've only seen it like all the way through the one time, and I watched it for a uh, politics and American media class because they were showing like the socio socioeconomic standing of all these people that was like portrayed and how they're like not parodies but like commentaries on like the way that the '80s was kind of working out for people, and then through a like teen point of view, like a young adult point of view, um, the movie. I mean, by today's standards, is dated but um a lot of stuff is still like rings true at least like to me like the whole like detention thing and like the the really mean uh vice principal or what was he the coach or he I, was the principal yeah, yeah the principal uh hey you mess with the bull young man you get the horns you get the horns yeah no it, it's like I, I remember i had not a principal like that but i had a gym teacher who thought he was the principal and uh yeah, no, that's that's exactly what it is. But to tie up a loose end that we started on, so the movie where uh, John Cusack is in a trench coat holding a boombox over his head is actually uh, from the movie Say Anything. It's 1989. Anything. So, say Anything. Anything. The, it's Yeah, it's Say Anything. Anything. So, uh, yeah, that's the name of the movie. It's Say Anything. Anything. So, <laughs> we're... we're, we're uh, <laughs> We're, I don't know we're why you're laughing. We're diminishing the uh, the audio base. We're, we're diminishing our audience right now. Um, but let's see. Our next one. Let's go to Zandra. Well, so we had your number five. Uh, actually, do we want to say what our honorable mentions were from last week, just to like prep them? So, like, what was what were your honorable mentions from last week? No. <laughs> They can, you guys can, can uh, go back and you listen. can go back and listen. We need, we need the listens. I'm just kidding. No, uh, honorable mentions from last week. Remember the Titans, uh, Treasure Planet, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, and the Netflix original Bubble. So, yeah. Is Bubble, uh, Bubble, was that the, uh, the it, anime? It was the anime movie okay. that's like kind of, in terms of story, kind of like The Little Mermaid. Yeah, person lives in a bubble type deal? Yeah. Okay. It's good. And so then your number five was uh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Okay. Now, Zandra. I didn't put mine in any particular order. Okay. And I don't have, like, off the top of my head, like, all these movies have, like, so many, like, pros and cons that it's mm -hmm. like I can't rank them. So I'm just going to go in order. So, um, but starting from last week, the, your honorable mentions oh, before yeah, yeah. your top Sorry. five were. I immediately forgot after yeah. you said it. <laughs> You know that thing that we started doing? Yeah, nah. <laughs> My honorable mentions were Sweeney Todd, Mama, and The Batman. And that is uh, uh, Patman. Yeah, Patman. Okay. Patman. Battinson. <laughs> Pat. <laughs> the, this silence is doing wonders for the audience. I'll, I'll let you know that. So, <laughs> let's start with your number five, Zandra. Or one-fifth one of your favorite movies list. I don't know. Angels in the Renfield, a.k.a. Renfield. Because oh, oh. You yeah. know, I, <laughs> it's been so long. Okay, so just to give a peek behind the curtain, y'all. So we formed this list, what, like two, two and a half weeks ago, something yeah. like that. Uh, 
We wrote this down, and then I go back in, and apparently you wrote down Renfield. I go back, and I, like, change it to Angels in the Renfield for some reason, right? But then I forgot that you meant Renfield, and so I was like, oh, she meant Angels in the Outfield. And I was getting ready to talk about how much I loved that movie. (laughs) It threw threw everything through a loop. (laughs) I love when you forget your own jokes. Oh, man, no. It's like I'm, I'm laughing at it all over again. Okay, but you're talking Renfield. So this brand new movie just yep. came out. It's uh, Nicolas Cage and uh, the kid from Willy Wonka, right? No, he was Whoa. not Willy Wonka. Oh, is he not Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate <laughs> Factory? <laughs> no. Uh, he looks like him. Wait a minute. You're going to have to catch me up. What is Renfield? So Ooh. it's um, another take on the classic Bram Stoker original Dracula, but from the perspective of Renfield, who is one of the earlier living encounters of from Dracula. Um, in the original book, he's in an asylum and he eats bugs and talks about, like, being connected to Dracula and, like, a bunch of crazy shit. Now, uh, I, I don't mean to cut you off in the middle of what you were saying, but, like, is this not a direct sequel? Because I kept seeing, like, yes and no. Is this not a direct sequel to, like, the 1940s Dracula movie? Like the original from like Bela Lugosi. I don't think so. There's not really any references to no, Bela see, Lugosi. No, that, see that I I know that see that that's the thing. But like I heard like this might have just been like internet rumors or whatever, just like Nick Cage being crazy. But I heard that this was like a direct follow up to like the original Dracula, and or it is the original Dracula or re, like what you were saying, like a reimagining of that original story. But like from what I understand, isn't Renfield like his assistant or something? Or no, he's like a, a reporter coming to like document dracula am i losing it are you like talking about 1940s dracula right no, no, like now this, or are you talking one. about renfield renfield yeah okay no he's not a reporter um he, in this version he was like a real estate guy back when he first met dracula decades ago um and he like really wants to settle this deal to give the fa- his family that he has the life they deserve so he's like wanting power and like money and to be in high society basically which dracula decides to give him by making him his familiar so they're like connected and he has like vampiric powers but he gets them from eating bugs so it's like super strength and all that so he still eats bugs yes that's disgusting i mean that's pretty significant to the book's character (laughs) i mean like that that is, but like I, I'm just not a big fan of bugs, you know. So, what made it one of your favorite movies? It's such a hilarious, campy take on Dracula. Like Nicolas Cage's Dracula is incredible, and you can't understand what he's saying in half the movie because of his teeth. Yeah, the prosthetics. It's so funny. Yeah, like, um, have you ever seen a Vampire's Kiss? From back in like 82, I think is what it is. Yes. No. But yeah, it's one of the early Nick Cage movies where he plays a, I think he's like a Wall Street broker or like a trader or something like that in New York. And that's trader T-R-A-D-E-R, not mm-hmm. uh, Benedict Arnold. So uh, <laughs> what, deep cut? Is that a deep cut reference to American history? <laughs> but uh, so he, uh, something happens. I think he gets like bitten by some like girl outside of a club and he Hot. just thinks no 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 it, exactly <laughs> and he just thinks that he is a vampire and so he starts like losing his mind and like just like stand like that's where the Nick Cage is an over actor thing kind of got its start and that was like right at the very beginning it's a it's a really funny movie it got 
it, it's like a cult classic at this point. Not many people talk about it. Not many people know it exists. But yeah, it's called Vampire's Kiss. It's really, really funny. Um, so anyway, yeah, with with Renfield. So <laughs> it's also like almost a joke about itself. It it feels so much like a parody movie, but it's not a parody of anything because the gore is like immense. There's so much, but it's also bad in the best way. Like, um, at one point, Renfield's got blood on his face, but it's, like, pink. So would that you doesn't s- happen. So would you say it's, like, a satire of the Dracula story, or... It's not really satire, either. It's just... Yeah, because it's not quite young Frankenstein levels of, like, poking fun at the source material, is it? Yeah, it's not really making fun of the story or anything. It's just, like, very comedic in how Renfield is now perceiving the world. Like, his values have changed... And he, like, doesn't exactly know what to do with himself anymore. And it's just a good time. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think I've seen, like, uh, like trailers for it. It's, like, him going to, like, a group therapy session. Yes, for people who are codependent and, de- like, are being controlled by narcissists in their lives. And that's the take that they have for his and Dracula's relationship. Okay. Wow. Mm. That's a... Uh so would you recommend it? Like if you don't mind like a lot of gore, even though it doesn't even look real, like at all. But if you don't mind it, then yes, watch it. Yeah, because the plot almost sounds like obviously the plot sounds completely different, but it, it the intention sounds very similar to um Cabin in the Woods, where it wasn't a funny movie, but there were funny bits to it. It was almost if like you took Cabin in the Woods and made it part of like the scary movie series but yeah. like not as far as they go sometimes you would get Renfield. Okay. All right. Well, let's put that on a list and we will uh maybe we do. Yep. <laughs> it's on my list. Touche. Hold on. <laughs> you have used that two times <laughs> in a row now. Yeah, you know what? It's about time somebody uses this thing. We paid <laughs> so much money for it. <laughs> no, we but didn't. uh I said, you know, the the royal we. Somebody paid money for it, but okay. We 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 we. But so, uh, JP, you right. got a movie. JP. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got five movies. We each actually. get five. You get one. Yeah. No, I've got <laughs> one. So um, last week, our uh, honorable mentions. I had put uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, uh, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, uh, The Truman Show. And Shin Godzilla, which uh, you guys seriously need to sit down and watch. That's so good. Um, and if you can, watch it in, like, the best quality that you can. I got it on Blu-ray, and it's great. But moving on to my actual list. So I've got five movies here. And uh, depending on the day, the order might change. But I'm actually going to start with one, uh, which I will put at the bottom of this list, just because it's been at the top of my list for so long that I feel like it needs to be humbled in my own mind. Um James Cameron's 1997 epic classic, Titanic. I love this movie. And when I say that I love this movie, I went in theaters when I was three years old with my mom, and I remember very vividly watching this at least five times in theaters, five to seven times in theaters in 97. That's not counting the times that I went in 2012, that I went last year for Valentine's Day, I love this movie. I've seen it in 2D. I've seen it in 3D. They showed it in 4DX, and I saw it in that too. I have given James Cameron so much money because I love 
Titanic. Moving on. <laughs> Who needs me to explain the plot of Titanic? Seriously. It's the Titanic. It's like, hey, explain uh, the Civil War. So, like, the South, right? They were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, <laughs> we want slaves. And the North was like, that's terrible. And the South is like, well, screw you. And that's basically the Civil War. Yeah, no, that's basically Titanic, too. So Titanic uh, 2? They made a second one? They did, actually, if you wanted to be a smartass. No, they <laughs> actually did. It was made by the Asylum, who is, they are known for making, like, just very bad B-movies. And they made one called the Titanic 2. I think it was, like, supposed to be, like, a ship in Australia that they named the Titanic 2 that was going to go on the same voyage. So they, like, shipped it up there. But then something happened and, like, global warming melted a glacier and it, like, broke off. And then that then got picked up by a rogue wave and thrown into the path of this new ship, and then it the exact same thing happened. But it's supposed to be like a brand new ship and all this. It was was crazy. I did see that too. (laughs) Well, well, all I got to say about Titanic is is that there was enough room for Jack. There was. There 100% was that uppity bitch needed to move over. They could have played cards. Okay, I've seen the pictures. Everyone's seen the memes. So So, um, I love that part at the where the old lady's just like throwing the heart of the ocean back <laughs> into the ocean. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> now, have you seen uh, the alternate ending to Titanic? I think so. Yeah, where um, she actually tells the people about her having the the thing before throwing it off, and then um, the explorer played by Bill Paxson, he like dives into the water after it. It's like it honestly ends the movie in like a comedic fashion, which. <laughs> Cha- would change my entire perception of that movie. The movie, it, I think that it was the right intention to leave the ending how it was. But no, I just think it's really funny that, like, basically the plot of the movie is just this old woman recounting this one time she got laid. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's all it is. And it's just like, hey. You me naked. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, you want to hear about this one time that got fucked out of gruesome? <laughs> You know? I can't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> that's how she was. No, that's exactly how she was. And if I was her granddaughter, I'd have been just been like, <laughs> "You serious?" That's exactly what I would have said. Thank you very much, no. Mr. Jameson. No. <laughs> Last thing about the Titanic: at the end, where she like steps on the rail and throws the locket into the sea, right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what if she fell off? Oh. <laughs> just like, just tumbles, and they're all like, oh, no, where'd she go? Yeah, and also, I I, okay, one of my big pet peeves of this movie is, uh, so you know at the beginning when, like, they haven't met her yet, and then there's a lot of, I, I'm assuming you guys have seen Titanic. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I have, I don't yeah, know about So mm-hmm. at the beginning, whenever, like, they're thinking about bringing uh, Rose onto the exploration ship, the the bigger guy with the neck beard that's like she was an actress she's a whore she's stupid you why are you believing her like the okay this woman dies uh, presumably the way that the movie is shown she dies the night that she returns the locket or the uh, the little heart of the ocean to the shipwreck she is surrounded by like all the pictures of her looking exactly like rose back whenever the the little drawing was made why couldn't she just show them one of the pictures and be like that's obviously me i don't know see exactly but now i'm thinking about her like 
moonsaulting off the <laughs> Swanton diving onto the Titanic. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so that's my number five, and now we are back to Deej. Deej for your number four. Uh, so the last one was The Breakfast Club, the yeah. B-Fast uh, Club. So what's your number four? Uh, in no particular order from the ones that I'm seeing here. What would you say, like, right now, just pull it out, number four? I'd have to say Serenity. Serenity is, um, if you don't know, there was a uh, TV show back in the early 2000s directed by, produced by James, uh, Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, I was almost said James Cameron. Yeah. He didn't do this one. He's a visionary. Yeah. But uh, Joss Vision Whedon. <laughs> Sorry. The crazy world of vision scary. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, so Joss Whedon, obviously, uh, Firefly, early 2000s, occult classic, uh, one season. Uh, not, great- not an occult classic. It was because it, it's like a space. It's a sci-fi show, right? It is a to uh, accurately define it. It is a sci-fi western. Okay, so it's Star Wars. No, if you want to talk, I think it's more classics. western. More okay, because I never saw Firefly. I watched maybe Why? the first half of Serenity, but I know that you need to watch Firefly to be able to like fully understand Serenity. I think personally, both of you would enjoy. Firefly. Firefly is a very good time. Yeah, I, I have heard so many good things about it. I mean, Joss Whedon, say what you want about him, like Justice League and then uh, Age of Ultron and as a person and all that stuff. But, like, Joss Whedon was big. Like, he had Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He had uh, Serenity. He had Firefly, which, I mean, Dollhouse. Angel. I, I've never... Angel. Uh, I don't know what that is. is it touched by an angel? No. Dark it's Angel? Just, My it's God. It's off of Buffy. Hold oh. on. Sidebar, man, He's never what, seen touched Buffy. by an angel. What a what a pull. What a cut oh, okay. There. So I will say that uh, I've been talking about uh, religion in my uh, diversity class, and then also in uh, my program, my media programming class. So it's like touched by an angel is kind of like one of the few Christian shows that got really big. So yeah, yeah, that's the only thing that, that that's how I pulled that one out. Sorry, but anyway, but moving on, Serenity. Serenity is like uh, since uh, Firefly got cut to his season, obviously Joss Whedon had huge plans for the show. And you could tell by the way like the show was produced, there were going to be huge plans, um, stories that he wanted to tell. But ultimately he, he didn't have the chance. And so Serenity is his like big wrap up of the Firefly story. And it's very well done. It feels like a longer episode of the show. And I think that's why it ranks so highly for me. Firefly is one, m- probably my favorite show of all time, and so having a longer version with a higher budget and more production um, in Serenity, it's really nice. I mean, the cast is just absolutely great. Um, you got Nathan Fillion's uh, main character, uh, Malcolm Reynolds, who's great. I cannot remember this actress's name, but um, she's been in everything from, like, Suits to, oh, Lord. I just mentioned Suits, and that's it, because I forgot everything else she's been in. I believe her last name is Torres, but, um, you know, you have um, Alan, uh, what is it? Oh, uh, uh, Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Alan Tudyk's in it. Uh, you got a lot of great cast. You're saying uh, Summer Glau? Gina Torres? Gina Torres. Yeah. Uh, Summer Glau. Uh, Jewel State, Adam Baldwin. Ooh, Jewel Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin. Uh, Jane, probably one of my favorite characters. Funny enough, Morena Baccarin is in this, which is, if anybody out there doesn't know that name, you definitely have seen the face if you've ever seen the Deadpool movies because she plays uh, Wade uh, Wilson's love interest. Yes, and she's actually- Veronica, I think. She is very good in the uh, show as well, but uh, this movie- Time is a- out. Christina Hendricks was in this? 
Let me see the photo. I, it's Christina Hendricks, man. I I know that you know who this oh, is. Oh yeah, that's Saffron. You um, said it exactly the way that I would have said it. Yep. He's so like, oh yeah. Uh, there's actually funny thing. So to Firefly, she plays a woman who comes from like this backwater planet, and uh, due to like a thing that Nathan Fillion's character had done earlier in the episode, she is now married to Nathan Fillion's uh, character. And she's just following him around the ship, doing, like, wifely duties, like, uh, traditional wifely duties, like, washing dishes, doing laundry. And there's a point where there she is trying to, like, consummate the marriage. And Nathan Fillion's like, no, this is wrong. Because Saffron is actually underage in the show. Uh... And so uh, he's, like, resisting. And finally it turns out that she's actually, like, an eight, like a bad person just trying to steal all their stuff. But anyway, Serenity is just a great wrap-up of the show Firefly. It's perfect. It sends off a bunch of characters well. Um, there are a few uh, problems I have with how they sent off a couple of characters, some stuff that's, like, left to be desired, um, stuff like, you know, the uh, Preacher character I just did not like too well because his, like, he had a very interesting backstory throughout the show, and it was kind of disappointing to see, like, nothing really come about of that. But... Everything else was really good, and so I just got to say, go watch Firefly, and then after that, watch Serenity. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, I, at any time that I talk sci-fi with somebody, that show and that movie always come up. So I'm definitely going to have to put it on a list that I, I, I definitely want to check that out. So, Zandra, you are up now. So we started out with uh, your uh, Renfield movies. of Dreams. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Angels in the Renfield, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so moving on, what would you say your number four from the list that I'm seeing here? Okay, so I'm not, they're not ranked. Oh, no, yeah. I'm just going in order. Yeah, you you rank them. You're ranking them right now. No. Yeah, because we, we we were on number five. We, and then this is number four? Nope. Um, Next, I have A Nightmare on Elm Street, which is, duh. I you, love horror movies. You have that so low on your list. <laughs> Isn't it funny? I actually did. You mean to do alpha, uh, alphabetical order? No, did I didn't? Oh, whoa! You, I didn't. You, you did. I almost did. Yeah, that's the, from the list I'm looking at right now. It seems to be in alphabetical order. Oh yeah. Well, except no, the, because except the honorable Ren, mentions. Well, Renfield is technically just called Renfield. But the angels in Renfield. But the A would have been first in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, bite me! Hey, man, I worked in a library. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you nerd. <laughs> I'd have stuffed you in a locker in high school. No. Okay. There's a lot of a lot of heat on the set today, but, uh, but uh, so so uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Now I had put New Nightmare as my honorable mention. Why uh, have you forsaken me? No, I'm not. Like I love all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, but all of I them? feel like yes, for their own different reasons. Except number two, we don't talk about her. Well, okay, you're gonna have to give me just a brief overview because I know a Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, like the general plot. I remember Dream Warriors kind of sucked. Uh, How dare you? I, Welcome to primetime, bitch. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't like scary movies. It's <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> <That was> adorable. <laughs> I just don't. I get. I get scared. No, I mean, to I totally be fair, get it. They're not. The Nightmare on Elm Street movies are more 
um, thrillers. They're funny with blood. Yeah, like, it's it, like the gore first comedy. One, I don't yeah, know. The, the first one is kind of scary, but then like the second, like they just get more and more campy. Let me put it here. Let me put it to you uh, this way: Indiana Jones. The first uh, Indiana Jones, you know the scene where like uh, Alfred Molina gets like uh, hit by all the uh, the spikes and because he like he he is a traitor to Indy and no, gets hit by all the spikes. I don't think it's the first one. I think it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where, that is the first one. Oh man, there's Temple of Doom where he rips out the guy's heart in the sacrificial chamber. I'm thinking of the one where he him and the love interest cover their eyes while this whole light goes. That is that Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. Raiders of the Lost yeah, where Ark. And they open up the they open up the ark and then they see w- what all the secrets are inside and then this there was a really cool special effect at the time uh where the, it was like a wax head and then they just slowly melted everything and so like layers would come off but then they sped it up because they they shot at a really high frame rate. Really really cool how they did that practically back in the I think 82, maybe? Point is, it scares me. It's scary. No, I get it. But uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, since I am not a, like, uh, scary movie aficionado, like, what is that? What is it? I know it's like, I know the typical, like, it's Freddy Krueger, he goes into dreams. Do you want me to explain it or not? Like, I don't know, like, the whole thing. That's all I know is that a Freddy Krueger guy goes into dreams. Okay, so it starts out with these kids. You've got Heather Leggenkamp. And Johnny Depp, and then the other two. Um, one's named Rodney, I think. Is that his name? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen the original Nightmare on Elm Street a total of one time. Ugh, okay. I think we're going to go with Rodney. And then his girlfriend, they're, like, all at her house because she's been having these weird dreams about this guy with knives for fingers. Edward and Scissorhands? No. <laughs> he has scissors for hands. <laughs> Different. Freddy Krueger's glove is removable. Wait, so he has a hand underneath there? Yes. <laughs> you know, this whole time I just thought that he had like just like sp- I, I knew that it was a glove, but since it never shows him not wearing it, I just assumed that since he was like this little murder creature, that he just had like the glove. But it it just I I guess I never put two. In, obviously, it's a glove. I haven't finished a whole sentence. You know, guys. Sometimes these guys make happen. sure to leave a comment, yeah. <laughs> five star rating, like, share with your friends. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> a, a nightmare on Elm Street. Jesus Christ. What? These, okay, so why why do you like it so much? These four bros get to a house, and then um, Rodney's girlfriend dies in the middle of the night. He runs away because um, it basically looks like she's been murdered, but he can't prove that he's innocent. So he ends up getting arrested. And Freddy Krueger starts coming for these kids in their dreams because their parents killed him when he was young. Er, because he was like the janitor, and there was like they alluded to him being like a pedophile. Well, I mean, if you're and like, that's why they set him on fire. I feel like if you're targeting kids, like does he target kids throughout the series primarily, or yeah, I, yeah. I don't really ever remember him going after like. Adults in until the, like new nightmare because then yeah Heather and then he- Heather was an adult yeah but um yeah so I mean nightmare well on Elm no Street he was, goes for Nancy's mom but oh, she's like an alcoholic in, and passes out all the yeah, time and, so. and that was at the very end of the movie where it's like you can't tell if that shit was a dream or it actually happened yeah so because is that the one where she gets like sucked into the car yes. or he is the car and he like sucks her through like the little people in the door 
or like su- sucks her through like a little window in the door. It, I, I, it's been so, so long. So she's since standing outside, and it, like it feels very much like a dream sequence. Yeah, where everything is kind of like smoky and yeah. foggy and everything, and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" And she's like acting kind of weird, and. I feel like I remember her getting sucked through a window, maybe. Yeah, she does. So they have, like, this little window in their front door. Heather gets into Johnny Depp's car, and the, like, convertible top comes over, and it's it's his his sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they can't open the doors, and, like, as her mom's getting sucked through sucked through she's just like ah trying to get out yeah and that's that's credits that's the true inception ending of its time where you don't know if it's a real or fake now um okay man but can i say why we don't talk about number two real quick yeah sure so what what was number two because it's poop Wes Craven was not really involved with number two because he originally was just going to be like Nightmare on Elm Street that's it right but then, like, people really wanted a sequel, so... New line, you bastards. Yeah, he, that's, like, the only one he's not involved in. And it's garbage. It's trash. It's, like, your basic, like, college party... Or not college party, high school party that's, like, way out of control. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Okay. It's it's so bad. Even the effects are bad. Yeah, because, I mean, like, the, the effects in the first one, like, are, at this point, some of the most iconic effects. Like, yes. there was the... I remember the the scene where Johnny Depp's character he gets, gets sucked killed into the bed he and then the sucked. fucking blood. Yeah, so, it's so Deca- good. D D uh, D <laughs> D D D D. Um, so it's DJ. There's one scene in Nightmare on Elm Street that was actually shot upside down, so that way they could make all the effects and everything work, which is really cool. Johnny Depp, before he gets famous, is in this movie, right? Before, like, 21 Jump Street, before any of that stuff, he is in this. What? It's literally his first movie. Yeah. Um, so, I'm a young boy, and... Oh, when you, you thought s- 21 Jump Street, the movie, where he's in that for, like, a split second, is a callback to him being the original, one of the original two actors. Yeah, I was thinking for- of Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum's nah. 21 Jump Street. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Johnny Depp was in that, too. But uh, anyway, so his character gets, like, killed, but he's, like, sucked into his bed, and then just a whole bunch of blood just goes spewing out. But the way that you see it, the blood goes up toward the ceiling and just, like, coats the entire ceiling. But in uh, in reality, the way that they shot that is the whole room is actually upside down, and they just poured, like, 50 or I think it was, like, Hundreds of gallons yeah. of, like, water that's, like, all food coloring. It looks like blood just through here, completely killing the set and everything. But it was actually really cool the way that they shot that. I remember there's one uh, in one one where he's, like, a giant, like, thing with, like, big arms and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the effects on, on Nightmare on Elm Street movies are pretty cool. Uh, so, yeah, no, you... What would you give that as a rating? Like, if you were to out of 10, what would it's you say? 10 out of 10. Really? For, like, old horror and, like, with Wes Craven being, like, one of the big, like, horror movies can be more than just, like, cheap scares. Yeah, because I remember the ones that I'm thinking of are John Carpenter. Yes. Wes Have Craven. Have Cigarette Burns? No, I haven't. Oh uh, so, John Carpenter, Wes Craven, and, um, oh, what what the, the, I can't remember the other guy. There was one more. It's an, one more, like, big horror guy. 
have to be more specific. Maybe. I, I think I might be thinking of just like Ridley Scott, which I, I wouldn't call him so much like a horror director, but he knows how to give good scares. Like Alien was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I'm sure there were more. <laughs> but anyway, so we had, uh, we've got Angels in the Outfield. Not really. It's Renfield. <laughs> And A Nightmare on Elm Street. So let's go into uh, my next one. Let's see. Oh, man, these are all so good. Um, I'll throw The Matrix in there next. Uh, mine are being ranked, and they're being ranked live uh, in my head. Now, they, like I said, the, the rankings on these will... Yeah, the rankings on these might change uh, depending on the day or my mood. But yeah, so first Titanic, now The Matrix. Um, obviously, man, Matrix, Keanu Reeves, 1999, The Wachowskis, or Wachowskis, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Uh, yeah, man, The Matrix is so good. I love a good uh, story about a simulated reality. And uh, the implications of that are cool. The effects are awesome. The I mean... There was nothing cooler in the late 90s, early 2000s than bullet time. Like, that was just, like, the coolest thing ever. Everyone wanted to do it in all of their movies. I mean, it got lampooned so many times and, like, it was satirized to no end. And it's just, there, there's just, there was something about uh, The Matrix that changed me and, like, watching, watching movies in the way that I, like, appreciate movies. Because I looked at them at that point more as, like, an art form, not just something to be entertained by, but something that can like have a deeper meaning, you know, like it's got like all the, the different Buddhist illusions, uh, in the, the different things in the movie, they've got the Christ allegory. They've got, uh, like what it truly means to be alive and the, the bliss of ignorance. I I think that it's such a good movie. Um, I, I like the sequels. The sequels are fine. Uh, even the newer one, Matrix Resurrections, I liked it. It had a very weird take, but yeah, I would I would count call that my uh, number four. So Titanic and then the Matrix. Deej, what you got? What's your number three? Uh, you know, what's your numero trace? So this is one that's like not, I guess, super popular, but it's a silent voice. It's an uh, anime movie from 2016, and um, to quickly summarize the story. It's about a um, kid in fifth grade who bullies this deaf girl because she is deaf. And uh, he bullies her to such an extent that she is transferred to another school. Mm -hmm. And so um, throughout, like, most of his life, he just is regretful about it. And eventually he is going to kill himself until he... But he goes to see this girl and find her so that he can apologize. And she ends up wanting to be friends with him. And so it's kind of a movie about, like, dealing with depression and the effects of bullying, and kind of redemption. And it's a really good movie. It just kind of hits the heart a little bit. So it's a movie about, like, self-forgiveness, because um, mainly this, the our main protagonist it just feels bad about bullying this girl. He just did not, you know, he wasn't mature enough to understand, like, the implications of what he was doing, and in doing so, he was treated awfully by everybody else around him because he obviously bullied this girl out of this school and he's hurting himself because he knows what he did was wrong, but he's going to end his life. And when she shows him the forgiveness, it opens him up to have friends and kind of forgive others and forgive himself. 
and to move on. It's just a very beautiful movie. Uh, if there was one movie on this list, I would r- tell you for definitely watch. It wouldn't be my favorite movie. It would be this movie, A Silent Voice. Okay. So. And uh, just if anyone's listening at home, where would we be able to uh, watch that? Uh, you could probably Do you know if it's streaming anywhere. It's streaming on Netflix um, right now. I'm, I'm not sure if it's streaming on any other platforms, but I definitely know Netflix has it. Um, but th- it is a really good movie. Um, if I had to put it like what it would be, uh, what a like another type of movie compared to it's along the lines of like a movie uh, like Your Name or Weathering with You. So um, those are two very good movies. Every movie that I just mentioned, A Silent Voice. Weathering with you, your name, the one that just came out today, uh, a few days ago that I just saw yesterday, Susan May, go watch it. Um, but yeah, these are just good slice of life, coming of age stories, and especially a silent voice. It's a really good movie. It kind of hits uh, close to home for a, you can really pick up any message you want. I view a silent voice as a love story, not between like a boy and a girl, but. A, between you and yourself. It's a love story of figuring out how to love yourself and overcoming what you thought was wrong. And just, it's a really good movie. I just go, go see it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Now, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I just, it's, it's like when, uh, it's like, you're just like, wow, well, thank you for that. We're going to move on. Oh, well, I mean, like, okay. So I got you. My, no, because I, I do want to explain because I, I can see how that would sound that way. I don't know enough about anime and haven't watched as much anime to be able to, like, kind of be as involved in, like, oh, my God, the art form and all this stuff. I'm not a big, like, animation guy for the most part. Um, but, yeah, so I, I will more than likely try to watch that. I will tell you that you're missing out on a bunch of great narratives and storytelling. Um, even if you just don't like anime, I would just say give it a shot. Uh, it's obviously like a cultural, it's culturally different. Um, there is a lot of like Japanese influence because obviously, but you know, and there are a lot of like jokes and like little gags that don't really, at us in our American culture, we don't really view them as gags or jokes. But, like, in Japan, they are. But I think if, like, any person who doesn't, like, watch anime because it's, like, childish, I'd say that's really dumb because that's, like, saying, like, the Spider-Verse is childish when in reality it deals with a lot of heavy issues. So just, I'd say give anime a shot. You can find a lot of great anime for whatever genre you want, whether it be a thriller, whether it be a comedy, whether it be slice of life or fantasy. I feel like you can always find something with anime. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Zandra. Zandra, we got number three. Legally Blonde. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> I just heard that uh, Amazon has bought um, MGM, right? Is that the company with the lion's head at the yes, beginning? Yes, that's that depressing. Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. And since they bought MGM, they're going to be making a lot of remakes, including Legally Blonde. They're going to make a, uh, I've heard, either a movie, a TV show, and or both. Okay, so now, Zandra, fan casting. Give me a brand new, not uh, Renee Zellweger, uh, or pff, what's her name? Reese Witherspoon? Re- same thing. No! They, yeah, they're, they're, they're all the same. Uh, we've got uh, fan casting. Well, who would you put as, uh, as the... Uh, I new, wouldn't. Don't remake it. Reese it's perfect. 
So <laughs> I think I, uh <laughs> I also don't know like I'm not up with this new generation of like fresh actors. So if you were like we're going to remake Legally Blonde, I'd be like, "Okay, so Reese Witherspoon's going to come back as her character?" Yeah, so you're so saying she should be the Jennifer Coolidge in this movie. No, bring back like no, and bring just, the people back as their characters and just continue the story. Okay. Like I don't want to see new people as these characters. But before we get into it, what is Legally Blonde about? So the main character Elle Woods has this shit ass boyfriend and shit ass. <laughs> he sucks. I don't even remember his name. That's how much I hate him. But um he picks her up for dinner one night. She thinks he's going to propose. He dumps her at dinner, which dick move. Oh, first of all, not only that, but he dumps her at dinner and is basically like, "Honey, you're just not going anywhere." You know? Yeah, he like, like puts her down. I can't, I can't get with you because you're just not going anywhere. Okay, I can't. I have never seen the movie, so it's so funny, dude. You've I, got to watch it, dude. If you have never seen it, I will personally let you borrow it. Um, but uh, yeah. So, but I feel like. She gets broken up with at a dinner, right? Mm-hmm. Aren't there worse ways to get like broken up with? Like on but your birthday? There are, but it's like overboard. really nice restaurant. And he's like, why are you making a scene? Basically, he took her there to break up with her so she wouldn't make a scene. Okay. And then she did because she starts crying because she thought he was going to propose. And he's basically like, I need a Jackie, not a fucking Marilyn. Like I need oh, a Jackie yeah. Kennedy, not a Marilyn Man or Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> How is that the second time that we have referenced something in regards to Marilyn Manson today? So uh, it's the second time. I What's think the we first? It, before before we started recording. But okay, so Legally Blonde. So we, we she gets broken up with in the very like first or second scene of this movie. Yeah, and then she's like, "I'm gonna win him back." And I'm going to do that by getting into Harvard, because that's where he was going to go, Harvard Law School. So she's like, I'm going to get into Harvard. And she puts in the work, and she turns out to be, like, really, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Smart. Smart, yes, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Driven. Blonde. Legally. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'm just going to move no, on. No, no. Basically, okay, so l- let me let me just, uh, okay, so... She is smart in that she can lawyer her way through things, but the actual lawyering that she's doing is, like, comparing Gucci bags. And, like, she's like, oh, no, well, like, in, for instance, like, she would debate the details based from, like, a fashion sense because she's very fashionable and she knows about a lot of, like, high-end she has high a fashion degree. Yeah, that's That's her original is. degree. And then she's, like, moving into law, and that's how she just relates to the world is through fashion. So she's very charismatic and uses fashion as a bridge yeah, to she kind uses, of understand she uses, the law world? It's yeah. like she uses the things that are the uh, the dumb blonde trope and uses them to, like, empower herself. Kind of. So it's like it's it's an uplifting kind of comedy, but at the same time it's a straight up comedy too. Like it's not it doesn't really have too deep of a message, but at the same time it's got some really heavy hitting comedy things to it. Like uh Jennifer Coolidge, like what we were talking about, uh at this point, from what I remember, she was basically just Stifler's mom. I'm sure that she she's had done only other legally things. Blonde too. She's not in the first one. Really? Wait, how do you mean legally I... blonde too? No, sorry. I think she's only in the first one and isn't in the second one. No, she's in both. Get your master's degree? 
Is that Legally Blonde too? No, she. No, that's the one where she's going up against the makeup lobby. How do we know? <laughs> she's going up against the makeup lobby because they were using she pets. She goes to the White House. Yeah, it's like Red, White, and Blonde is the the yeah. subtitle. Yeah, it's Legally Blonde to Red, White, and Blonde, and she goes on like an internship. To, I, re, I saw this like within the last year and she goes on like an internship or working for like a senator or something like that and then she ends up taking on the uh, cosmetics uh, industry because they're using pets as like uh, test subjects or something yeah and so that oh they have her dog's mom that's what and it she is. wants her dog's mom to be at her wedding <laughs> yeah Wait, what? You're like her dog's mom, as in it's a dog, or her no, dog's no, no. mom? No, she has a chihuahua named Bruiser, and her his mom, his yeah, mom, yeah, yeah, Bruiser's a guy. Yeah, um, his mom is in this cosmetics facility being tested on. Okay, so th- but it's anyway, a dog. Yes, yes yeah, it's yeah, yeah. It's another chihuahua. I okay. remember how she meets Jennifer Coolidge in the first film. She is like really upset that Warner, the guy that broke up with her, I finally remembered his name, um, is like being an asshole. And she's crying, and she goes to get a manicure to cheer herself up. And Jennifer Coolidge is the nail tech, uh, and then she like helps her get her dog back from her stupid ex. So, what makes this your favorite movie? Is it the comedy aspect? It's the whole damn thing. Like, really good relationships are built, and like the storyline of her winning her first case is really good. Like her standing up to her shitty professor, who like tries to make a pass at her in order to get on his team. Like, it's just good feminism. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. The very first time that I watched Legally Blonde all the way through was like maybe two years ago. And just because I'd always like, I'd seen clips here and mm-hmm. there. Like I knew of like the pop culture references and oh my God, you look like the 4th of July. <laughs> Makes me want a hot dog real bad. That's from Legally <laughs> That's Blonde too. from Legally Blonde too. And um, anyway, I'd, I had seen a lot of the things, but I had never watched it until I was made to watch it for, I, I think I referenced it earlier this episode, this poli-sci class that I took. It was like American uh, politics in mm-hmm. uh, uh, mass media or something. And we had to watch that, and it was really good. Like, I'm honestly surprised that I enjoyed it as much because I had basically just, like, talked, not talked shit about it, but just never taken it seriously up until then. And it was actually pretty good. I it's it's a it's a recommend from me. It's a it's at least two thumbs. Two thumbs out of eight. Yep. But anyway, JP, your third movie here. Um, oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So you uh, got oh, so uh, I start out with number five, Titanic. Number four, The Matrix. Next up. And this one was a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a tough one, but it's uh, They Live. It's this movie from the 80s starring Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David. Uh, he is a he's an actor. He was in a, a lot of different no things. No shit. But he is also like a voice actor. People might know him now as uh, he, was a, the, he played the president in Rick and Morty. And uh, he was in Community, uh, the last season in Community. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so they are in that, and it's, I think, still to this day, the longest single fight scene in cinema history. I think it's like 15 minutes long. And it's like all hand-to-hand. It's really, really cool. The overall plot of 
they live is uh, there is this man who is not named at all in the entire movie. Not until the credits do you see that his name is John Nada, which Nada nothing. His literal name in the source material was just Nada because he wasn't supposed to have a name. He was just supposed to be just a guy. But he, this is like in the 80s. People are homeless right now, and he can't find a job. He's kind of just been like on the streets, just kind of like doing whatever he can, like going from job site to job site, just trying to make his money. He like sleeps on the street and all this stuff. But um, he tries to get go to the unemployment office. They won't give him a job. He ends up finding a work site and just, like, starts working with them, just kind of, like, under the table. And that's where he meets Keith David, who is also working on that job site. And then they, they're both homeless. They go live at this encampment and stuff like that. But throughout the course of the movie, you start seeing, like, that just, like, some things are kind of weird. Like, cops are acting strange. Like, like the people on the street just kind of act weird. Midway through, you start seeing that there's these glasses that special people are wearing throughout the movie and that those glasses allow you to see the world for the way that it is. The whole thing is that the world is being run and controlled by aliens. Those aliens use radio waves to block our sensory inhibitors like our eyes, our nose, our ears to only be able to see what they want us to see. And only when you wear these glasses do you actually get to truly see the world for what it is. And there's like these antennas that are like uh, blocking signals or like sending signals into your brain and all this stuff. When you look at an advertisement, it just says like in the real world, it just says obey. But to you, it might be like a normal advertisement and all this stuff. Um they get a hold of these glasses and they're basically just trying to save the world. It is a John Carpenter movie and it is so good. I own it on, I think it's Amazon prime. I bought it for like four bucks and oh man, it's so good. That's where the line, um, I came to kick ass and chew bubble gum I'm and I'm all out of bubble gum. gum. And he just like starts just killing a whole bunch of people that he sees are aliens. Cause he's wearing the glasses it is such a fun movie. Such a fun movie. I would definitely give it a recommend. Yeah. Speaking of fun movies, my movie is Scott Pilgrim versus The World. I think all three of us probably thought of this movie as well, if I'm not mistaken. Not for a top five, no. Really? Really? Oh, dude. No, yeah, like my, I it, do enjoy Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Don't yeah, get me wrong. Scott I Pilgrim just wouldn't so put it good. in my top five. It is just so... It probably f- wouldn't even be top ten for me. Whoa. 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 Well, I mean, you <laughs> did have like seven different honorable mentions, so... But, um... Leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> but uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, it's just a good time. I love the atmosphere of the movie. It's very, like... It's very much like an anime. It's very inspired yeah. by that, like, uh, anime, like material and the way it's presented it has a bunch of star power for the movie i mean chris evans is in the movie as uh an ex-boyfriend and he is absolutely great in that role brie larson brie larson as um oh lord what was envy envy yeah yeah and i'm trying to forget i'm trying to remember what's the name of brandon ralph as uh the vegan guy yes thomas jane thomas jane the original punisher yeah uh I mean, Brandon Routh, Superman, like you said, Aubrey Plaza's in that, Anna Kendrick. Yep. Uh, and the main character, Michael Sarah. Yeah, man. But, yeah, and it's it's got a bunch of, like, fun fight scenes. Is it a movie that's going to win Academy Awards? No. For special effects, I For would almost, effects. almost say yes, because, like, um, to me, Scott Pilgrim is kind of like that generation's Into the Spider-Verse, where it's 
It's like you put a comic in front of me and made it move. That's what Scott Pilgrim feels like in the same way that like Into the Spider-Verse feels that way. It definitely emotes like the the stylistic uh, interpretation from like the actual comics. But anyway, sorry. But, um, you know, and that and I think the thing that like gives it this place in my list is that it's comedy and the way it goes about it is just works meshes very well with my sense of humor. Just like the part where um, Michael Sarah's character is fighting Brandon Routh's character and the whole point of. Brendan Roth's character is he's vegan, therefore vegans get superpowers, and he just goes, actually, you're drinking, what is it, a, not a soy latte, what was it, he drank a, a dairy product in his latte, and he switched the coffees, and Michael Sarah's like, yeah, I switched it, and you couldn't read my mind, because I was thinking about it really hard. <laughs> and, and and then you have the vegan police show up and they have finger guns but there's yeah. lasers coming out of their index fingers oh it's such a it's such a fun movie you know up until right now i don't think i'd ever noticed that they were just finger guns i'm gonna have to go back and watch that and that, that that's the thing with scott pilgrim is that there's so much subtlety in the way that the world was designed that there's sometimes where you could have watched it like me personally i've probably seen that movie maybe 10 times if not more and uh there, every time that I watch it, I pick up on something new just because I'm watching a different part of the screen or whatever. It's really, really cool. That's the same guy. Uh, the director for that, uh, Edgar Wright, is the same guy behind Baby Driver. He's the same guy behind Shaun of the Dead. He's the same guy behind like all the, the Simon Pegg and Nick Frost movies, or most of them at least. And he's just he's so good. Yeah. So good. And Baby Driver's good too. Baby but, Driver is great. But if I had to like sum up, if one scene from that movie kind of sums up my comedy, like my uh, sense of humor, it would be the scene where Knives, um, Scott's underage girlfriend, shows up to his place looking for Scott, and each cut of the scene <laughs> contains Scott while his roommate is trying to cover for him. Like, you know what? Scott just left. And all you see is Scott just, just diving out just of the dive window. through yeah. a window. It's perfect. Oh, uh, it's so, such a good movie. But Zandra, you're, you're up. Can I guess? Oh yeah. Can I guess the first letter of the movie that you're choosing? Sure. S. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. If you guys don't know, both of the movies that Zandra is going to list start with us. Yep. Well, sure she's do. only going to list one movie right now. Well, like, you know, throughout the episode. Well, she's li going to list more than one movie. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but, <It's> uh, scream. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just trying to get our attention and get us to stop talking. I was doing both. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Scream. And Don't that look is so dead. Come on. So that's Scream 96, right? Like yeah, the original. OG scream. Yeah, okay. Wes Craven's Scream, which is essentially. Take wh where Wes Craven took everything that he learned from. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Wes Craven takes everything that he learned from a uh, new nightmare and then just kind of like go pushes it even further. Cause like new nightmare was like somewhat of like a self-referential horror movie, but then scream is just like a whole other level. And I'm, I'm jealous that you thought of that movie cause I love scream too. It's so good. And not, not Scream 2. I love Scream as well. I also love Scream 2 and 3 so and you, 4 you guys and gotta, 5 you guys and probably 6. Stop. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. There's so many that I love. <laughs> you gotta got to clear something up for me. I have only seen a handful of the Scream movies, and would you consider them, are they satires of the horror movie genre, 
or are they supposed to be not taken legitimately as horror movies, but are they not having like a satirical approach to the horror movie genre? I think you're thinking of scary movie because scary movie is a satire and that's like a whole series where the, you had the Wayans brothers and they were doing a whole bunch of bits from like other movies. That's scary movie, but they used the same main bad guy from the Scream movies. And the whole reason why Scary Movie was called Scary Movie is because that's the working title for Scream. That was the movie that's that's what Scream was called before Scream was named Scream. So wait, you're saying I'm so dumb I got Two entirely no, different franchises hey, mixed no, up. They're very easy to, to check out. Especially so, what's Scream about? <laughs> <laughs> so, the main character, Sydney Prescott, she um, loses her mom the year before the movie starts. Skill issue. <laughs> Does she ever find her? <laughs> I meant loses as in she died. <laughs> you lost your mother. You better go find her. <laughs> Anyway, well, can't that's wait to great. Say, can't wait to say that to the orphans at the orphanage. <laughs> God damn it, DJ! Why, why are you going to an orphanage? <laughs> I'll be like, where? Why are you here? And they're gonna be like, I lost my parents. And I'm like, you didn't find them? I'm scared. <laughs> I'm a little boy, and I lost my parents. <laughs> Imagine if that's what they'd said to Bruce Wayne when his parents died. You know what they said to Bruce Wayne? You know, you know what they legitimately said to Bruce Wayne. I remember, um, I think in one version of his origin story, a lot of people were like, why is that kid fucking upset? He's fucking rich. That's wh- that is what, um, do you know who, you know Hush, right? Yes. Hush. That is what Hush was uh, trying to do. Hush wanted to kill his parents so he could get the money, and he envied Bruce Wayne because his parents died, and he's like, why are you upset? You now have control of this entire empire. Sidebar. Which is why the sequel to the Batman should be about Hush and not the Joker, but whatever. We can we're gonna talk about that (laughs) off air. But anyway, scream. Um, Oh no no, (laughs) we can actually talk about that in our final segment where we talk about all the things that we want to watch now. So scream. (laughs) Sydney has this boyfriend Billy Loomis who's trying to pressure her into sex, and um, it comes out later in the movie that. the man that was put away for her mom's death was just someone she was having an affair with, um, which is not his dad, but for some no, reason okay. that makes his parents split up. Yeah, okay, so let, let me try with uh, giving a brief synopsis of this movie. So, like... Whatever. No, uh, no okay, <laughs> hold on. So th- there's a killer <laughs> in this town called Woodsboro that's just taken out, like... What seems to be like all all these kids from like a friend group because it's always every scary movie is surrounded by and a friend group. It's the guy with the mask. It's like the yes. iconic yeah, mask. Yeah, yeah. Ghostface. Ghost it's face. the same guy from Scary Movie from like the first one that you remember with like the Ghostface mask and everything. He's like a, a whole Halloween decoration thing. But in this movie, it's basically like there is a serial killer out there. It's, the story is surrounding this group of friends. One of them is like Jamie Kennedy, who's like super into like horror movie tropes and just like social, uh, not social media, but like pop culture media in general. And then you've got like one friend from each or from from the group. Each one of them is like one of them's the slut, one of them's the jock, one of them's the virgin, one of them's like. How dare I'll, you talk about Tatum that way? The jock. Wait, you see the jock or the slut? Um. The girl from Jawbreaker. What? 
Jawbreaker. Jawbreaker. I hardly know him. Um, Rose McGowan. Yeah, Rose McGowan. Yeah, I mean, like that. That was like the the characterization is because like the whole thing is that there was, there was. <laughs> oh, I try. I do it to myself. <laughs> Jesus. Hey guys, why is this episode so long? (laughs) But no, okay, so the whole thing is. Bringing you a double feature. (laughs) That was really good. Yeah. So there's a serial killer that is loose in this town, and these kids are trying to figure out, like, who it is and how to stop them, basically. And there are twists and turns in the story, and it turns out that it was Shaggy all along. Matthew Lillard as Stumacher? Yeah, sure. Put some respect on my man. Okay, cool. Okay, I only know him as Shaggy. I'm so sorry. Yeah, there's Shaggy. And then uh, this other guy, Billy Loomis, he ends up being the one that killed the main character's mom all those years ago. But it's like there's this whole thing, and then there's like the story gets layered throughout the course of like the next two films, and then it gets soft rebooted in the fourth one, and then there's a sequel to It, which is the fifth, and then a sequel to It, which is the sixth one that just came out. But essentially, it's just following Sydney Prescott, who is the main character throughout most of them, and it's like her dealing with this reoccurring, like copycat, essentially, from like she's been that she's been dealing with for years. Okay. But it's like it's a different person every time, and it's always someone connected to her. Like, yeah. in the fourth movie, it or was the her third. her cousin. I thought it was like a long lost brother, from when her mom was an actress. Oh, you're you're not talking. I think that's three. Yeah. Four was the one with Hayden Panettiere and uh, Raccoon Face. I Pause. can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Pause. Is that how you say it? What? Hayden, Hayden? Panettiere. Yeah, Hayden, Hayden. I always said Hayden Panettiere. I it's always said like Panettiere. Schweppes? Schweppes ginger ale? I said Panettiere. I did not know it was like that complicated. I'm pretty oh. sure it's Panettiere. Now, I'm not going to say your last name. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Hayden. So. Um, ah, that's disgusting. Call her Pan. I can't. I don't don't think that's how she identifies, but okay. As Ozzy Osbourne said, we are rolling off the rails. And he didn't say that. We're going Going off the rails. (laughs) As Ozzy Osbourne once said, let's get this train fucking moving. Uh, So, your last one was. Wait, hold on. Why did you. What makes Scream one of your favorite movies? It's um, just a really good take on horror in general, it's very meta. And Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker as a power serial killer couple <laughs> is incredible. Yeah, I definitely think that the, like the homosexual undertones on there definitely helped to sell the story a little bit more. And what's funny is like in retrospect, like Wes Craven and like a lot of the actors are they came out and were like, we had directives that were like, do this because it wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to be like sub subtext, you know. And it's really cool. And there have been so many papers written about this stuff, like the way that the knife is supposed to be like a phallus and it like enters people. And it's like the whole homoeroticism of horror in general. It's it's really honestly kind of interesting to go through and like kind of nitpick at horror like that. And I think that Scream did it really well because it, it shined a light on a lot of the tropes that had gotten old over the past decades while also continuing the same tropes in like an unexpected way. It was pretty cool. And then also the horror buff guy 
is like there's a scene where in a house party he's like watching a horror movie and he's like don't open the door don't go up there don't fucking go upstairs you idiot don't say i'll be right back and there's like ghost face right behind him as he's like don't do that and he's like chilling on this couch and then that's like how he almost dies yeah okay so it's just really good and meta and I love horror movies in but general. It, but I don't like horror movies, and it's scary. I, I would definitely I think say you like that it. you would like it. This isn't horror. It's it's more jump scary and more suspense than it is gore. There, I would, I honestly, it, I can't think of anything that I would call extremely gory in that first one. They do get a little bit more crazy. It gets worse it, as they go it, on. It gets worse as they go on. But that first one is incredible. The fake out at the beginning of the movie, like Drew Barrymore is in it, and she was like the crux of the marketing of the entire thing. It's just, I don't want to ruin it for you more than we've already basically told you the whole plot of the movie, but you should definitely watch it. I would watch that with you, to be completely honest, because Scream is so good. Yeah, but I don't, if it's like jump scare, jump scares are actually what gets me the worst. I don't want to sit in a movie and be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> You know, like that, that, that. Now that. I really want to show. <laughs> we'll hold your hand. No, it's clammy. Yeah, probably. But, um. Okay. I don't like that slight. You know what? This is not a promotion, but Carpe's um, anti-sweat products have been very helpful in all of my sweat issues. So I don't like that dig. Did you say Carpe's? Like Carpe Diem? Carpe, yeah. <laughs> but like not with the Diem. Just oh, so just seize it's the. An, it's an anti-sweat <laughs> company. It produces like face wipes and underarm wipes, back wipes, everything for like areas that sweat. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, you know, like provide lotions and everything just to reduce the sweating. So that way, if like you have hyperhidrosis, like I do, or you just like have an an interview coming up that you're super anxious for, and you sweat when you're anxious, it gives you products that you can use to reduce the sweating or stop the sweating altogether. And if you visit the Carpe website right now and use the promo code PGTV, you'll be able to get 10% off on your very first purchase. Allegedly, that is, that, is, that is fake. That is fake. This is not paid promotion. This <laughs> is not paid promotion. You put in PGTV as a promo code and you pay the same price. <laughs> <laughs> we promise you delivery. But um, uh, anyway, JP, we've got... Uh, we got a few movies left. Were you oh yeah, no, we've got stream. Uh, I no, apologize. Okay. We're at it's two. Okay. No, we're what's wrong? We're what's fine. Oh no, hey, what what more uh, final thoughts do you have on screen? I was just gonna say like the grossest gory part is probably Billy licking blood off his fingers at towards the end. Oh, oh yeah, that's cool. Okay. Okay, then no, dude, you're good. <laughs> I think you would like the, this movie. The second one, I would say, like they they had uh one of the people getting a knife through like the side of their head. Mm -hmm. Remember, I remember that part. Um. But it doesn't show anything. I remember uh, in in the Ooh, fourth them one, them being tied up and stuff at the end. Yeah, but like I remember in the fourth one where it had like uh, uh, the Anthony Anderson, the cop gets uh, stabbed in the back of the head, and he just keeps walking a little bit, like trying to do all that. Like that one was a little bit much. But at the same time, you don't get to see any of that. You know, he just kind of falls and he, oh, he's got a knife you in his head. You just made me remember Dewey in the okay. fifth one, and oh, now I'm sad. <laughs> now I'm sad. Um. Yeah. So, uh, definitely have to check it out. But JP, do you have a movie? Uh, we will have to check out. Yeah. So I think my next one, and like this is where it, uh, it definitely, um, oh, it gets hard because I have my all-time favorite, but I really wanted to put this one as like my my all-time, but it's not because I mean I'll, I'll let you guys know what that one is in a second. But number two for me, I would put the Fifth Element. 
It's so good. Uh, it's so good. What's the I, other four? Uh, there's earth, air, fire, and water. <laughs> and then the fifth element is Mila Space. Jovovich. Yeah. Although, is that how you say your name? I don't, Mila Jovovich. I don't know, man. I, I don't speak okay. uh, German or That's a Polish or whatever. Um, so I, I think it's Russian, but um, Ukrainian. I don't know. Uh, Slava. Um, now we had uh, covering all the bases. Yeah, hey, uh, don't don't cancel me. Um, fifth element, basically, it's a uh, uh, you got Chris Tucker, you got Gary Oldman, Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, uh, and that's about it. Oh, uh, Tiny Lister. Uh, I don't know. Did you ever watch Friday? You know, in wrestling, Zeus. Yeah. Okay, he is the president. <laughs> Of the galaxy in this. And it's incredible. Chris Tucker plays this, uh, like, almost like an, an influencer before influencers were a thing. This this movie was made in the 90s. And it's very, like, it's still kind of topical now. Like, you would be able to kind of, like, put people as, like, being allegories to certain things happening in, like, the world right now. It's really, really good. I watched it about maybe about eight months ago. And it still holds up, like, incredibly well. Gary Oldman is this bad guy who's working for some aliens. And there is a planet that is made up of entire hatred and bad disease. And it is coming to destroy the Earth. Which is, like, a prophecy that's been held for, like, 200,000 years and all this stuff. And, like, it gets found out that there were aliens during the Egyptian times. And they have held uh, these priests that are supposed to be, like the guardians of the earth and the guardians of like the secrets until the aliens come back to be able to stop evil once and for all. And they need one thing called the fifth element. Turns out that fifth element, like I had said, was Mila Jovovich, the actual, like she's like a, uh, she is also an alien kind of, but uh, no, she is. And uh, yeah, man, it's uh, Bruce Willis saves her after she like swan dives off of a, uh, uh, building into like future New York. There's flying cars. There's ancient Egyptians. Chris Tucker just like yelling at the top of his lungs. There's amazing gunfights and Gary Oldman just being Gary Oldman. It is so good. If you've never seen The Fifth Element, do yourself a favor and watch it because it is so good. Especially for the hot alien flight attendants. Oh, wait, when uh, Chris Tucker's like, uh, shh. <laughs> They're like about to take off, and she's like, "Sir, you need to take your your single sing, single seated position." She's like, "I don't want one position. I want all positions." <laughs> I love it, dude. And it, he's he's just so eccentric in that movie. He's so fucking loud. And it's like the whole point, like at one point they're doing like a recon mission kind of where they're supposed to be quiet and they're like sneaking through this like auditorium and he's still like fucking just yelling at the top of his lungs, like trying to whisper to, it's just, it's so good. So good. Watch it. But we're down to one movie a piece. So let's go Deej. What's your, what's your number one? The Dark Knight. In my opinion, it is probably the best comic book movie. It is the best Batman movie. It is the best adaptation of Batman in the real world. It has uh, incredible performances from Christian Bale and Heath Ledger. And I can't remember the dude's name who played uh, Two-Face. He is in Harvey Dent. He is Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. Uh, He is very good in that role. The whole movie revolves around basically 
um, not really even the Joker, but it revolves around uh, Bruce Wayne uh, trying to like remove himself from the role as Batman and seeing that Harvey Dent is going to be the new hero that Gotham needs. And ultimately, the Joker coming in and ruining that, creating a new villain uh, out of Harvey Dent and Two Face, and showing you know that Gotham is kind of hopeless; it will never have a hero, or that you know Batman is just the hero that it deserves. And you know, it's a good movie. So many great action sequences, so much great dialogue. It's Heath Ledger's. Um, Unfortunately, it's not his last performance. I know he had something yeah, after the, that. Uh, the last one was the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. And then uh, it was him, uh, I think, uh, Jude Law, Johnny Depp. I that think was the they, last one? Yeah, I think they stepped in. They fil- finished his role, right? And then they donated the proceeds that they got from that movie to uh, uh, Heath Ledger's family. Yeah. But uh, it's it's that, prob- that's why Xandra, that is why there's like the switching thing in the middle of uh Imaginarium and Doctor Parnassus because he died and then they literally needed to finish the movie and so they put other people in the role. That's why that entire thing happened that way. Very strange. But um, yeah, it's probably uh, I'd I'd have to say Heath Ledger's role in the Dark Knight is probably more remembered over his role in that movie. So. Oh. One, I feel like Heath Ledger's entire career at this point in retrospect is the Joker. He's had a lot of other movies. Like, I mean, I, he was in... Brokeback Mountain. Yeah, he was baby. in Brokeback Mountain. I really liked him in A Knight's Tale. I, as much as people want to talk shit about that movie, I really liked it. What was the um, other one, 10 Things I Hate About yeah, You? Yeah, I, I wanted to say it was 10 Things I Hate About You. And... Uh, Do we each have 10? <laughs> You guys are the worst. <laughs> but no, uh, The Dark Knight, it, it's a great sequel to Batman Begins. It ruined a Batman movies for years to come because oh, yeah. it was so good. And um, I know, Zandra, you don't, you don't particularly like the Nolan films, but the impact that The Dark Knight had on the comic book movie space at that time is unparalleled. Yeah, because the the Batman came out in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. right? So it was twenty twenty one, I think. Really, twenty twenty one. About oh. around then. It around kept then, I remember. Back. Yeah, I, it kept getting pushed back, and then finally, it was one of the few movies that I remember released like right in the middle of like the pandemic. But um, I mean, Dark Knight came out in two thousand eight. That movie came out, I think, the weekend before the MCU started. Yeah, you know. And it wasn't until 2021, after basically the MCU had, like, wrapped up. Because, I mean, at this point, it's still going. But, like, let's be honest, like, it stopped. Um, It took that long for another decent Batman movie to get made. Because I'll even say, like, I'm talking live action. Live action Batman, where Batman is the focus. I mean, there wasn't, I guess there wasn't another Batman movie because they knew that they couldn't do that. They had the Batman v Superman, they had the Justice League, but they never had like a standalone Batman movie. The Dark Knight Rises is good. It's it's, n- it's nowhere close to no, exactly. the Dark Knight, that, that's but it's what, good. Yeah, no, that that's what I'm saying. Like, it's good, but it was nowhere near the Dark Knight. I would say that it wasn't until the Batman that we got another movie about Batman that was as good as The Dark Knight. Because I would honestly put both of those movies on the same pedestal, like 1A, 1B, 
and it's like they're interchangeable, but they each have like different things that make them number one. In it's it's two completely separate movies, but they're both equally good in my in my view. I don't think the Batman has that one role that was played so well that it trans it pushes it up to next to the Dark Knight. Heath Ledger made that Joker role. Remember when Heath Ledger was announced as the Joker, everyone was pissed. Oh yeah, I mean he was a rom-com actor. Yeah, and he was like a teen actor at that point. You know, or not really. He wasn't a teen, but he had been basically taking all these like teeny teen-ish roles until like Brokeback Mountain came out. And then, and then after that, it was The Dark Knight. And then know? like uh, pictures surfaced of what he would look like, but the problem was it was like shot in a studio with lights. And I'm, I act like they don't, studios don't have lights, but like it was, it was shot in a studio with lights and a camera. <laughs> <laughs> but like in the dark night, normally Joker is shown in like uh, settings with less light. He's not very visible in some scenes or he's very rugged. And this studio showed like him in the full makeup and the full garb, but he was just in a, in a white space and it looked weird. And people were like, oh, I don't know. And then the movie came out and everyone's like, oh my God. That is the most accurate depiction of, that's probably not the most accurate, but the best depiction of the Joker since Jack Nicholson. And then as time went on, they're like, it's the best depiction of Joker in the live action um, setting. Obviously, Mark Hamill uh, takes the role as probably the best representation of the Joker in any form of media. But The Dark Knight, that's that's probably my favorite. I, I'm a big nerd, so I do love me some yeah. comic book movies. And The Dark Knight is probably... In my opinion, the best one. So, uh. We're really using the soundboard today. Wait until we get copyrighted by, like, the guy who did Sheesh. No, I 100% thought that it was on the other one and I was hitting the high porn. I was trying to lift you up. Sorry. But, um, <laughs> so, Xandra, what is your last favorite movie? Number one, in your opinion. It's not I'm number just one. <laughs> Okay, just really quick, what would you say is number one? I genuinely cannot rank these. So you because how I interact with movies is that I, if it's like one of my favorites, it's one that draws me into the world, and I almost feel like I'm a part of it. So if it's like that would be forcing me to choose different worlds that I prefer to be in, and it's like I can't do that. So it's not. It's not at least what you um. It's not what that you don't want to rank them. It's that you just can't. Yeah. Okay. So what would you say then is the final movie that you're recommend recommending? Drum roll, please. Oh, God. Secret Window. That wasn't a drum roll. <laughs> JP, you told me there was a drum roll on this board. Oh, sorry. I took it off. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. No, okay. So Secret Window. I'm excited to talk about this movie because Did I Did you really mention it already? It. We, um, Did you already say Secret Window? No. no. We talked about it last week when... Why'd you steal the thunder? No, because we've talked about it before. Yeah, we've talked about it. On no, the show? You, yeah, you said Not Secret... Not on the show, but like... She literally just got done saying Secret Window, and I was like, I am so excited to talk Th- about it. That's what this. I was at. Never mind. This is a whole thing. Yeah. So, so Secret, <laughs> Secret Window, what makes it one of your favorite movies? It's... Such a good, like, it poses itself as, like, a mystery thriller, and I love mysteries. Oh, so good. 
I'm such a whore for mystery. You will not believe this show I have for you. It's about a talking dog, all right? And he <laughs> has a group of friends. The real mystery is how can he speak? I love... Does he pay taxes? We don't know. Does he get... Do those kids get W-9s? I can't express to you guys how much I watched Scooby-Doo as a child. What's the, fa- what's your, what's the best intro to the show? Are you talking like the Don't cartoon? Do that to me. The cartoon? No, You're, there's the original cartoon, the Hanna Barbera one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved that. And like then Scooby Doo, where are you? Yeah, and then the spinoff, like re the, evolutions of them, I also very much enjoyed. Yeah, because I remember like, there what's was new Scooby Doo and all that. Yeah, what's there's Scooby Doo mysteries. I remember there's like a, a what's new Scooby Doo. Then there was there's a version where it's that. like just Shaggy and Scooby. Uh, isn't that much. like Scooby Doo mysteries? And I Something think that there was like that. one that was like a, a Scooby and the Scooby and Scrappy Doo show. Yeah. And then there was like a, a young the a baby Scooby Doo. I can't remember or Scooby Pup or a pup Scrappy Doo. A pup pup called Scooby Doo. Yeah. I remember. And, and then there was um, the movies that came out. Like they would be straight to DVD movies. Yes. They would include like the WWE wrestlers and like supernatural cast and a whole bunch of other things. You don't like those? Scooby Doo on Zombie no, Island. I do. Okay. Yeah, she's. I, she's she just made this face that was just like, you know, it's whatever. No, because I was like remembering. I was like, oh yeah. And then there nothing. No other um, Scooby Doo or iterations came out after that. So what you're saying is I that I love the live action Scooby Doo movies. So if you're no, trying to no, I'm okay. talking about Velma. Actually, what is your opinions oh. on Velma? Did, did did I haven't seen it and I don't care. Because <laughs> a lot of people, uh, Scooby Doo fans and non Scooby Doo fans, just don't like it. Um, I've like. From what I've seen of the premise and everything, I'm like, why did you fuck with a good thing? Because, mm-hmm. like, any iteration of Velma, like, this doesn't feel like a good version of Velma. And I love Velma, so. So you just like Velma when she is, like, in her role, uh, in her traditional role. She's a nerdy girl and maybe a lesbian, so, like, let her be her. So you're saying that, okay, so let so me just Scooby backtrack. Doo so Scooby-Doo Re- is your favorite movie? Scooby Doo goes to WrestleMania. That's the favorite yeah, movie yeah. with John Cena. Wrestle Madness. Do you guys movies. remember the kiss? The what? The kiss crossover with Scooby Doo. There, yes, I remember that. <laughs> there oh there was God. one. There was one like a Scooby Doo cyber chase, which I really liked. Yes. Then there was the one where there were aliens in Australia. I uh-huh. think. Uh, it's like Scooby Doo Down Under or something like that. There's Scooby Doo Zombie Island, which I loved. Um, it's the one with the dinosaurs. You don't know about the one with dinosaurs? No. They bring back, it's like Jurassic Park. What? (laughs) But it's not, it was like on an excavation or something. I think all of these are also on HBO, on HBO Max. God, I hope so. Oh, dude, I I kind of want to just go. No, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I just got done going on a recap of the Disney original movies from the 90s. So, like, Luck of the Irish, Phantom of the Megaplex, Johnny Tsunami. Like, Johnny Tsunami. I loved, I I will fight you. I will fight both of you right no, now. No, it's it's enjoyable. It's just like, see, you oh, go. Okay, yeah, no, they're, they're, it's got problems. <laughs> yeah. I was watching it with my daughter, and I was like, um, "Honey, Maybe we can't. We don't talk like this. we don't we don't talk about the Pollocks like that." See, you go like to those uh, Disney Channel originals. I go to Disney Channel uh, originals like. Um, let it shine. Let it shine's got to be one of my favorite Disney Channel originals. No idea um, what that is. Lucy, I believe it's what is it? The the Home, one with Homecoming uh, Scarlett War- Johansson. No, Homecoming Warrior. Oh, I think it's believe Lucy yes. Jen. Um, oh Lord, what's the one with? Um, wait, do you, Smart House. We've had this conversation before. Do you have you ever watched Austin and Alley? Is it called no. Beach Cruise or something? Be- I thought it was. I Teen never Be- watched Austin Be- and Alley. Teen Beach Movie. Teen Beach Movie. 
Um, it has that one song, Cruising for a Bruising, which I uh, I hate to say that I love because it's really catchy. After, like, around the time of Lemonade Mouth, um, Camp Lemonade Rock, Mouth. Camp and, Rock! Um, Sunny with a Chance, that era of Disney, I was done with Disney. Yeah, oh, my I, I was done with Disney right around the Even Stevens movie. And that's oh, my. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> That's an old boy. <laughs> That's an old boy. I can't wait till like I can't wait till like your kid gets older, and then like she's like you mentioned all the stuff that you watch, and she just goes, "Man, Dad, you're old as fuck." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean I will say my kid would do that. Like she's she is so me to a T whenever it comes to like trying to be funny. And she, she like even makes her own sound effects now. Like she'll be in the middle of conversation. Like the other day she was talking to us about like uh, how she heard that someone uh, had seen a million dollars. It's like one of those stupid kid stories. It's like Johnny told me that like <laughs> oh, he saw a million dollars once. And she's like a million dollars. That's a lot of money. Ka-ching. <laughs> and it's just like a seven year old. Just like a little voice. She's uh, exactly like and She's exactly <laughs> like me. That's what I'm saying. But um, going, coming back around. So let it, sh- uh, even Stevens, your favorite movie. What, wh- why was, why yeah, is I that? already forgot what, uh, Secret Window. Secret Window. Secret we window. have said nothing about this movie. <laughs> it poses itself as a mystery thriller. So this man, what's his name? Johnny Depp. No, Mort. His name's Mort. Oh yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, Johnny no, Depp. His th- name is Mort. This is also based on a Stephen King. No, his name is Johnny Depp. Oh my god! This is his based on a Stephen Ske- Stephen King story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! No, it's uh, it, the full name is even Stephen King. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I thought you were gonna mute him. <laughs> I, I I thought about it. I thought about it. I really did. All, All right. right anyway, so secret, secret window. window. <laughs> Jinx. You can't talk throughout the rest of the podcast. I was saying, just gonna love that. Please just let me <gasps> talk about this fucking movie. All right, let it shine. Secret window: This guy Mort is going through a divorce from his wife. Um, they had bought like this cabin property, and that's where he's staying. He's a writer, so he's trying to work on stories. He's experiencing writer's block and having fun little arguments with his housekeeper. Um, his wife's got this new guy, Ted. Is that his name? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I, almost, I almost ate the microphone. Sorry. <laughs> um, and this guy shows up in this fucking hat, and he's like, you stole my story. Oh, it's John Turturro from uh, Transformers. The guy in uh, his underwear, the, the FBI agent or CIA agent, whatever. You stupid son of a bitch. Shouldn't have mentioned Transformers. So we're going to talk about the... No, we're not. Story. We're going to talk about fucking <laughs> no. Secret Window. Yeah, we're going to talk about Secret Window. Transformers after the show. Shut up. It'll be on our Patreon. Please and thank you. We're, I'm going to hijack the show that you do separately from this, and it's going to be purely about Transformers. The show I do separately from this isn't going to start if you don't let me talk about this movie. All right. So Mort is confronted by someone in a hat who's like, you stole my story. Yes. And then he like hires this private investigator to figure out who this guy is, and he goes to check his own copy of a sto- of the story that came out in, like, this magazine issue, and that proves that he wrote the story first. He's looking for that. He can't find it in his own copy, so he, like, asks his wife if she has a copy of it, yada, yada, yada. And, um, like, 
it ends up like her house gets burned down while they're still in the middle of the divorce. And it's just like this fun little look inside this man that's just like falling apart from the divorce and like being accused of plagiarism. And it turns out the fun little twist is that it was him being drunk as fuck antagonizing himself by like embodying this character he had written in a story. It's really good. It's really good. It's one of those, it's like, again, it's technically a, a scary movie, but it's definitely more of a suspense. It is 100, I, w- I would say 100% a suspenseful uh, movie. I, I I give it a, uh, a recommend. I, I, a lot of these movies, I don't think there's a single one of these movies other than um, A Silent Voice that I haven't at least seen or heard of before. But from what you said, even that sounds really good. So, I mean, all of these movies that we've been talking about today sound really, really good. Now, Xandra, do you have any uh, final thoughts about Secret Window? What makes it one of your, uh, your, your great movies? I love the corn representation. Yeah, so corn... Corn as like in the, the food or yeah. corn as in... I fucking wish no, Jonathan yeah. Davis was up in there going, <laughs> but the corn is the food because I actually really love corn on the cob. <laughs> it's corn talk. It's corn talk with Daddy Zan. New segment every yeah. week, 15 New, minutes. 15 minutes about corn. <laughs> Daddy Zan's out here talking about corn. You can corn. grill it. You can cut it. You, you can, can shuck it with a knife. <laughs> yeah. You ever you I've ever, never seen Lord of the Rings? I know. <laughs> I just like, know all the memes. It's like you ever been on a hot summer's day and had the taste of some sweet succulent corn. Well, that's what it's like to drive a Ford truck. <laughs> it's truck like to drive a Honda Accord. <laughs> Make sure to stop on by a Toyota Thon and you'll be given a free corn on the cob. Come, come down to the dealership this trorch. It's like, it's like come down to the highway outside of the Pals Movie Center and you'll get a free corn on the cock. That's crazy. And Mort gets adult braces at the end. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's trying to fix his teeth because, so he can eat corn. <laughs> no he's growing way. corn in his little secret garden. Are you serious? Is this like no, a bit? Okay. Or no, 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 no. Okay, so... Can we just spoil this for you? No. I, I, I don't know. I mean, from what you were saying with like uh, uh, scary movies, you just, you, you don't, you probably wouldn't watch something that is scary. I don't like it. Okay. This guy, I, if, if, I'm just going to go ahead. He kills his wife. Okay. He kills his wife and then he buries her in the yard and then uses her body as fertilizer to continue planting more corn. The very last scene is him just like eating a piece of corn that and like you can see his braces and stuff, so it's just assumed that he gets braces to be able to better eat all this stuff. It's yeah. What? Well, okay. Little tip for you people out there. Probably the worst food to be eating with braces. Yeah, don't yeah, eat. Yeah, don't, don't eat corn with braces. But um, anyway, so uh, yeah, secret window sounds pretty good. So uh, if you okay, I know. Never mind. I was I gonna ask. Watch it. I I was gonna ask if you could rank. The movies listed at right now, just in your current <sighs> state, what would you say? What would you say at least like? They're all number one in my heart. <laughs> that's fair. 
But like, how how is Renfield the, in the same level of number one as Scream? Scream has had for different reasons. Ge- no, but see, that's the thing. Scream has had longer time to be able to be on this list. Like, it has been there for that long, and you're like, okay, it deserves on this list. But like, Renfield literally, I think, is still in theaters right now. Yes. So. I mean, like, is there in your mind? Do you not have like some sort of hierarchy there? It's no offense. I, I'm really. I'm just trying to like try and gauge like how you uh, rank these. It's so like it is more of a comedy than any like it's more of a comedy than Scream is. It's more a comedy in the sense that Legally Blonde is a comedy. Like it is really? very funny. So Renfield is the new Legally Blonde. No. You heard it here. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> Renfield is the new Legally Blonde. Book it. Book it. Um, but anyway, we're going to wrap it up here. JP. Oh, yeah. J- J- Jake so, Pearson. Yes. That uh, is your real government name. You live at 2817 Renfield Drive. Yeah. So the, my, my number one, I'll just go ahead and I'll rip this Band-Aid off. Uh, Douglas Adams had a book that got turned into... Uh, a series eventually, and that series ended up making, or at least the first book ended up making it into a movie called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is the story of Arthur Dent, who lives in England, who has this friend named uh, uh, Ford... Oh my F-150? God. Oh, you shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, GT40? I, I can't remember his last name, but his name is Ford. And Mustang? it's basically named... At, he is named after a car. Okay, I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's Ford something. Chevelle? And that's a um, Chevy. He finds <laughs> out at the at the beginning of the movie that his house is about to get torn down to make way for like a uh like an expressway. Oh no. Right, like a bypass. And he is trying to stop it from happening and then his buddy Ford shows up and he's like, "Hey man, like what what's going on?" And he's like, "Hey, my house is being torn down." He's like, "How do you know about that?" And he's like, obviously, like, look around. My house is being torn down. And then Ford takes him to go get a drink and then explains to him that the world, like the Earth, is about to get blown up by aliens to build a hyper expressway through what? space. Um, that happens within, like, the first four or five pages of the book. Then, uh, or within the first maybe ten or... I think I I wouldn't say any more than 10 minutes into the movie. Um, and then it's just Arthur and Ford going through the universe, trying to uh, find the, the answer to life, the universe and everything. Cause there's like an old fable from like millions of years ago where like this computer had created like a program to be able to figure out what like it meant to be in the universe. And so they're trying to figure all this stuff out. And it's just it's it's so good. Um, I I feel at home with that movie because it's kind of like uh, who doesn't kind of have second guessings as to who they are or what it means to be alive. Sometimes it's it it speaks to very deep personal um, thoughts that you can have, or sometimes don't know that you're consciously having. And it 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 speaks to like what it means to be human, what it means to be a human in a changing world. And for that reason, it's my number one. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. I ain't going to ask you any more about this movie, but just one question. I actually do know uh, it's kind of like made its way into the pop culture realm where I actually know the answer to the universe that is given in the book and so and then the movie. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious, what does it represent? Because um, I want to say, isn't the 
in that adaptation, the answer to the universe and life and the meaning and everything is 42, right? Yes, it's 42. It's supposed to be nonsense. There's no meaning to it. Because what is what is it like to be alive or what is the meaning of life is different for me than it is for you. It's different for Xandra than it is for me, than it is for you, so on and so forth with everyone on the world. So you can see whatever meaning you want to see. You know, and some people have been like, oh, well, 42 is the number of ions in this. And, like, they, they make their own headcanon about it. But to me, it's supposed to be complete nonsense. Because the whole scene, especially if you watch it in the, the movie, if you uh, read it in the book, it's it's very dry British humor. It's supposed That 42, to me, came off very sarcastically. Um, like, it was the answer, but at the same time, they even say in the movie, well, you never asked me a question. What What is the answer to life, the universe, and everything isn't a question. Only when you know the proper question can you get the proper answer. So it's really trying to figure out what we mean by what is the meaning of life. It's, it's us trying to come to grips with like what the actual meaning of life is through us thinking of the nonsensical 42 answer. Okay. I think. That's at least my interpretation. You might have something completely different. The people at home might have something completely different. But that, that's the thing I love about the movie is that it's so open to interpretation as to what lesson you can actually take away from it. And the acting is really good. Zoe Deschanel is hilarious in it. Uh, Sam Rockwell is amazing. Most deaf. Martin Freeman. Uh, uh, oh, my God. Snape. What's his name? Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman is great as a voice actor in that. Uh, uh, Bill Nye is hilarious. Helen Mirren is in it which uh, for people with a good ear, she is the voice of the computer in that. It's just, it, there's so much. It's so, so Wait, good. Wait, when did this movie come out? 2004? Mm. I want to say it came out in 2004. Um, but yeah, no, it, definitely check it out. Again, like everything that we've said today, it's uh, definitely a recommend. And so do we have anything else that you want to talk? Maybe uh, some movies that we've got coming up that we wanted to see last a uh, little bit before we go? Uh, You know? We could just save that for next week. Yeah, we'll save it for Ooh. next. We'll save it for next week. We have that. We've got some, um, you know, like other stuff. But next week we're going to be talking about movies we want to see and the socioeconomic state of the world, Ow. and espe- especially the uh, results of the Ukraine and Russian war. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Ooh, spicy, spicy, spicy like my ramen. But this has been a podcaster's guide to the void. I have no idea where that came from. But anyway, give a like, share, comment, do what you need to, and we will broadcast to you another time. DJ Squared here with JP and Zans. Got anything to say goodbye to? Goodbye. (laughs) Holla. This has been a production of Volunteer Radio.